Lesson number 80, Surah Al-An'am, ayah number 40 to 59. We'll listen to the recitation. قُلْ أَرَأَيْتَكُمْ إِنْ أَتَاكُمْ عَذَابُ اللَّهِ أَوْ أَتَتْكُمُ السَّاعَةُ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ تَدْعُونَ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ تَدْعُونَ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ بَلْ إِيَّاهُ تَدْعُونَ فَيَكْشِفُ مَا تَدْعُونَ إِلَيْهِ إِنْ شَاءَ وَتَنْسَوْنَ مَا تُشْرِكُونَ وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمَمٍ مِّنْ قَبْلِكَ فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بِالْبَأْسَاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَضَرَّعُونَ فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا وَلَكِنْ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَلَكِنْ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا حتى إذا فرحوا بما أوتوا أخذناهم بغتة فإذا هم مبلسون فقطع دابر القوم الذين ظلموا والحمد لله رب العالمين قل أرأيتم إن أخذ الله سمعكم وأبصاركم وختم على قلوبكم من إله غير الله يأتيكم به انظر كيف نصرف الآيات ثم هم يصدفون قل أرأيتكم إن أتاكم عذاب الله بغتة أو جهرة هل يهلك إلا القوم الظالمون وما نرسل المرسلين إلا مبشرين ومنذرين فَمَنْ آمَنَ وَأَصْلَحَ فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ وَالَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا يَمَسُّهُمُ الْعَذَابُ بِمَا كَانُوا يَفْسُقُونَ قُلْ لَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ عِنْدِي خَزَائِنُ اللَّهِ وَلَا أَعْلَمُ الْغَيْبَ وَلَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ إِنِّي مَلَكٌ إِنْ أَتَّبِعُ إِلَّا مَا يُوحَى إِلَيَّ قل هل يستوي الأعمى والبصير 
أَفَلَا تَتَفَكَّرُونَ وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَن يُحْشَرُوا إِلَى رَبِّهِمْ لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِنْ دُونِهِ لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِنْ دُونِهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِيعٌ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَّقُونَ وَلَا تَطْرُدِ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاةِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجَهَهُ مَا عَلَيْكَ مِنْ حِسَابِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ وَمَا مِنْ حِسَابِكَ عَلَيْهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَتَطْرُدَهُمْ فَتَكُونَ مِنَ الظَّالِمِينَ وَكَذَلِكَ فَتَنَّا بَعْضَهُمْ بِبَعْضٍ لِيَقُولُوا لِيَقُولُوا أَهَؤُلَاءِ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ أليس الله بأعلم بالشاكرين وإذا جاءك الذين يؤمنون بآياتنا فقل سلام عليكم فقل سلام عليكم كتب ربكم على نفسه الرحمة أنه من عمل منكم سوءا بجهالة ثم تاب من بعده وأصلح فأنه غفور رحيم وكذلك نفصل الآيات ولتستبين سبيل المجرمين قل إني نهيت أن أعبد الذين تدعون من دون الله قل لا أتبع أهواءكم قد ضللت إذا وما أنا من المهتدين قل إن على بينة من ربي وكذبتم به ما عندي ما تستعجلون به إن الحكم إلا لله يقص الحق وهو خير الفاصلين قل لو أن ما تستعجلون به لقضي الأمر بيني وبينكم والله أعلم بالظالمين وعنده مفاتح الغيب لا يعلمها إلا هو ويعلم ما في البر والبحر وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلُمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ 
ولا حبة في ظلمات الأرض ولا رطب ولا يابس إلا في كتاب مبين قل أرأيتكم قل سي أرأيتكم have you seen have you considered أرأيت means have you seen and ka over here is extra to emphasize the you So have you seen you? Just like you say, hey you, yes you. So just like that, أَرَأَيْتَكُمْ Have you seen? And when a person asks this question from you, have you seen this? Have you considered this? Have you reflected on this? Have you ever thought about this? Then what does it mean? They want an answer from you. Right? So just like that, أَرَأَيْتَكُمْ أَرَأَيْتَ All of these words they mean, أخبرني, tell me. Have you considered? Tell me. In, if, أتاكم, it came to you. What? عذاب الله, punishment of Allah. أو, or, أتتكم, it came to you. What? الساعة, the hour, meaning the day of judgment. How? How does it come? It comes suddenly, without any warning. And ساعة also refers to death. That if the punishment of Allah comes upon you, or death comes to you. And death comes how? Through some? Some what? Either some accident or some illness, pain, right? So if the hour came upon you, meaning death came upon you, at these occasions, a is غير الله, other than Allah تدعونا, you would call? Is it someone other than Allah that you would call upon for help? إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ If you are truthful, truthful in what? In your claim that there are other gods besides Allah. So tell me, have you ever thought about this? That if some punishment befalls you, by surprise, if death comes to you, all of a sudden, if the day of judgment begins before your very eyes, who would you call for help? Is it someone other than Allah you would call? Or you would call Allah? If you are truthful, tell me. What's the answer that you will call? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like I mentioned to you earlier, the mushrikeen of Makkah, they believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is creator, owner, but they believe that others besides Him also deserved worship. Are you familiar with the word tawheed? Tawheed. What does tawheed mean? To make one, right? So it is to believe in the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His uniqueness. Uniqueness in what? Oneness in what? In three things. First of all, Tawheed Rububiyah. I'm telling you a little bit of Aqidah over here. Okay, those of you who have studied this, a good revision for you. Those of you who haven't, you should become familiar with these terms. Okay? First of all, Tawheed basically has three parts to it. So first is Tawheed Rububiyah. Rububiyah is from the word? Rabb. What does Rabb mean? Lord, Master, Owner, Creator. Right? Provider, all of this is part of Rabb. Tawheed Rububiyya is to believe that Allah alone is the creator, the maker, the provider, okay, the owner. Who believes in this? There are many people who believe in this fact that God, whatever name they give Him, whether it's God the Father or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or whatever name they give Him, they believe that He is the creator, He is the owner. Alright? And the mushrikeen of Makkah also had this belief about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He is the Rabb. But Tawheed is not just Tawheed Rububiyyah. 
It also includes, the second part is Tawheed Uluhiyah. Uluhiyah is from the word ilah. What does ilah mean? God. God is who? The one who is worshipped. So Tawheed Uluhiyah is that He alone should be worshipped. That when you need help, you ask Him. When you prostrate, you prostrate to Him. When you offer sacrifice, you do it for His sake. When you're doing something good, you do it to make Him happy. But many people, they don't believe in Tawheed Uluhiyah. They believe Allah is the Creator. But when they will pray, they will pray to who? Others as well. Whether it's Isa salam or it is some dead person, right? Or it is some creature, whatever it is, they will call upon others. Just like that, the mushrikeen of Makkah, they would pray to who? Idols. They would sacrifice for who? Their idols. Thirdly, the third part is Tawheed Asma wa Sifat. Asma wa Sifat, what does it mean? Names and attributes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names and His unique attributes. So what is Tawheed Asma wa Sifat? To believe that He alone possesses those names, meaning He alone deserves those names. No one else deserves those names. No one else possesses those unique characteristics and qualities. Like for example, when we say, Ar-Rahman. What does it mean by Ar-Rahman? The possessor of great mercy. The possessor of abundant mercy. Right? Meaning the one who shows mercy to who? The entire creation. So who alone deserves this name? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No human being can be called Ar-Rahman. Because only Allah is Ar-Rahman. Just like that. Al-Hayy. What does Al-Hayy mean? The one who is ever living. The one who's always been alive, will remain alive, who doesn't suffer from any death, never, at all, in any way, shape or form. He is Al-Hayy. So, can any human being be given this name? No. Tawheed, Asma wa Sifat is to believe that He alone has those names and attributes. Now, like I said, the majority of the people of Makkah, they believed in Tawheed Rububiyyah, but not Tawheed Uluhiyah and Asma wa Sifat. Alright? And in Surah Al-An'am, it is proven through many verses, many questions, many examples, that if you believe that He is the Rabb, then it means that you should worship only Him. In other words, it is proven that Tawheed Rububiyyah, it necessitates Tawheed Uluhiyyah. It is only logical that when you believe Allah alone created, then when you're in difficulty, you ask only Him. It is only logical that when you believe that Allah owns everything, then when you're suffering from problem, you turn to Him for help. Alright? It is only logical that you believe everything you have has been given to you by Allah, then your gratitude, your service, your worship should be dedicated to who alone? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Tawheed Rububiyyah, it demands Tawheed Uluhiyyah. So this is the reason why this question is being asked. That tell me, if some punishment befalls you, if you were in a disaster, if you were in some crisis, if death is right before you, if the day of judgment is happening before your eyes, who would you call upon? In that moment of difficulty, who would you call upon? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because you know only He can help. So if you know only He can help at this time, 
then why don't you turn to Him at all other times? Why is it that you forget Him at other times? Why is it that when it comes to worship, when it comes to some act of devotion, you do that for others? When you know that only He can take you out of your difficulties, then you should be worshiping Him at all times. Allah says, بَلْ رَاذَرْ إِيَّاهُ Only Him تَدْعُونَ You will call upon. At these times, you will call only Allah. فَيَكْشِفُ Then He will remove. مَا That which تَدْعُونَ إِلَيْهِ You are calling Him to. Meaning the difficulty that you're calling Him to, to remove from you, only He will remove it. إِن شَاءَ If He wills. وَتَنْسَوْنَ And you will forget at that time. مَا تُشْرِكُونَ All that which you associate. Meaning in these times, you will forget all those beings that you've been worshipping. All those things you've been chasing after. You will forget everything and everyone. The only one you'll remember at this time is who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you know only He can help you. And He will remove that difficulty from you if He wills. What does that show? That Allah is not obliged to remove your difficulties from you. He's not obliged. It's up to Him. If He wants, He can save you. And if He wants, He can leave you in that situation. But the fact is, the reality is that only He can help you. This is why in these times you call Him. So many times you hear stories of converts, right? Who embraced Islam eventually. Why? Because they said, in a serious accident, they were about to die. And at that time they made a promise that, Oh Lord, Oh God, if you're there, I promise I'll go find you. I promise I'll go search for the truth if you give me another chance. Why? Because it's within the fitrah of people that they know there is someone who made them. There is someone who is controlling their life. It's amazing how when you honestly think about Fir'aun, the most tyrant man in the world, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows him death, he said, I believe in Allah. Yes. Subhanallah, this is Fir'aun yes. that said, I am Lord and yeah. told people to worship him. Yeah. Imagine all mankind. Yeah. So imagine Fir'aun, he even called upon Allah when he was in difficulty. Yes. Tawheed doesn't come in parts. We basically get it all or we don't get anything. Exactly. Tawheed is such that you have to believe in all three parts of it. Either you believe in all of it, or if you reject even a part of it, it's as though you've rejected it in entirety. Yes. Aisha? Assalamu alaikum. I was traveling alone with my mother-in-law, me and my mother-in-law alone. We were going in a bus to Chicago, and uh, you know how in Islam it's uh, recommended that you travel with a mahram. So on the way there, in the bus, there were some group of people, like, you know, teenagers and whatsoever. And they were just, you know, mocking at us because we were in naqab and hijab and everything. So I was young at that time as well, and I was very scared by whatever they were doing. And the whole time I was thinking, why did I leave my husband? Why did? And I was newly married at that time, so I was missing him anyways and crying. And I'm thinking, see, Allah punished me because I left him and I traveled without a mahram. Whole time I was in so much distress and my mother-in-law was sleeping so she didn't even know what was going on with me. So she was even with me and it was like she wasn't even there with me. And the whole time I'm saying, why didn't I bring my mahram? And I'm just thinking, what if he was here? I would have been so much in comfort. What if he was? And all of a sudden Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put in my mind that why don't you call upon me? You're thinking about your husband, what about me? 
And I started making dua that, Oh Allah, please make this journey be safer. Please make this journey. And subhanAllah, somehow those people fell asleep as if they were dead. You know, and I had so much sakina in my heart. So much sakina as if Allah sent an angel or something. I can never describe my feeling to anyone. How peace Allah put in my heart when I truly called upon Allah. Only Allah. They were acting like they were literally dead. No one was like alive. All of a sudden, the whole time they were cursing and singing and whatsoever, making me feel like we are here overpowering you. And all of a sudden, as if they were not even there. Subhanallah. So, تدعون, At these times, we call upon Him. Because we think about the husband, we think about the police, we think about security, but then each and every one of them, they fail us. Because either we cannot reach them, or they are incapable of helping us. Right? The thing is that the people of this dunya, what happens is that they help us once. Right? You know, they prove to be beneficial to us at one occasion. Then what happens is that we think, okay, next time when we're in difficulty, then inshallah they'll be helpful. So we raise our expectations from them. And the next time they're helpful to us, again we raise our expectations. But then what happens? A time comes when they are not going to be able to help you or they're not going to be willing to help you. Or you cannot reach out to them. I'm sure if her husband knew, he would be very willing to help her, but she couldn't reach out to him and he couldn't reach out to her. But no matter where you are, on land or at sea, in the middle of the air or wherever you are, you can call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anytime. You can have an immediate connection with Him by calling upon Him. So, بَلْ إِيَّاهُ تَدْعُونَ But it's amazing. At times of difficulty, when we call on Him, we have so much trust and hope in Allah. And we forget about everybody else. But in normal circumstances, we tend to forget Allah and ignore Him and we remember everybody else. This is what we're being made to realize over here. That if you call on Him in the most stressful times, the most difficult times, why do you forget Him at other times? Ikrimah bin Abi Jahl. Ikrima radiallahu anhu, the son of Abu Jahl. You know the story how he became Muslim? When the Prophet ﷺ conquered Makkah, Ikrima knew that he was on the wanted list, so he escaped. He ran away because he wanted to save his life. He left Makkah, went towards Jeddah, got onto a ship and tried to get away. But imagine they're in the middle of the water and huge storm. And then people called upon their idols or whatever, no response obviously. And then eventually, calling upon Allah. So it just hit Ikrimah at that time, that this is exactly what Muhammad has been telling us. Don't call upon these idols, call upon Allah. And if I'm calling upon Him when I'm at sea, then why shouldn't I call upon Him on land? So then he made a promise that, Oh Allah, if you give me chance to live, I will go to Muhammad and accept Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saved him and he went and he accepted. So, بَلْ إِيَّاهُ تَدْعُونَ فَيَكْشِفُ مَا تَدْعُونَ إِلَيْهِ إِنْ شَاءُ وَتَنْسَوْنَ مَا تُشْرِكُونَ So what do we learn over here? That at all times we should call upon Allah. In good times and in bad times. Remember Allah in good times and He'll remember you in your bad times. Because the reality is that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can help you. Only He can remove the difficulty from you if He wills. And this also shows to us that when people are in difficulty and they call upon Him, 
then Allah responds to them if He wants to. Regardless of whether that person is Muslim or Kafir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to the one who is in difficulty if he calls upon Allah, whether he is a believer or a non-believer. Ikrima at that time, was he a believer? No, he called upon Allah. Didn't Allah respond to him? He did. I told you about the story of that woman hmm, who was in that extremely difficult situation where the people accused her of theft and they violated her privacy completely. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He saved her. How? That the bird went and dropped the belt right in front of the people. So Allah responds to the one in difficulty, whether he's Muslim or Kafir, because Allah is the Rabb of all. Not just Muslims, but also non-Muslims. What do we learn? وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ إِذَا دَعَانِي Whenever the servant calls upon me. I was thinking if we call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in uh, ease and difficult, always if we raise our hand, subhanAllah, no one like Allah surprise. Allah surprise you the way Allah surprise, no one can surprise you. So inshallah, call Him when it's ease and difficult. Yes. Asalaamu alaikum. You know in India how the people worship different gods. So we had this accountant who would come to my house and do the accounts for us and I had an elderly aunt who used to always tell him, you know, why do you worship so many gods? And, you know, before, like, she never missed a chance to give him dawah. And every time he would, you know, try to make excuses. And then one day he got frustrated with something, and he said, oh, God. Aunt said, there, you just said, oh, God. Why didn't you say, oh, gods? Yes. You know, like, you don't say, oh, gods. You always say, oh, God. The fitra, it recognizes, you know. Very true. Very true. So, بَلْ وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا And certainly we sent إِلَىٰ أُمَمٍ to nations مِنْ قَبْلِكَ from before you. Meaning, we already sent messengers to the nations before you, O Prophet ﷺ. You're not the first messenger, rather many messengers had come before you. And then what happened? When the people rejected their prophets, when they refused to believe in them, فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ So we seized them. بِالْبَأْسَاءِ With poverty. وَالضَّرَّاءِ And the hardship. Why? لَعَلَّهُمْ So that they يَتَضَرَّعُونَ They would humble themselves. Before who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because when a person experiences poverty and hardship, then he turns to Allah. So we see that the most... Toughest of hearts even, the most hardest hearts even, people who are so stubborn in their disbelief. What happened to them when they were struck with difficulties? What was the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala struck them with difficulties? So that they would humble themselves to Allah. They would turn to Allah. They would ask Him for help. Just like many people, they try to get a good education, they try to get a good job, and then what happens? They suffer from some crisis. And then when they suffer from that crisis, then they go to the masjid or they go to the church. Right? They humble themselves before their Lord. This is the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts people in difficulties. Notice the two words over here. Ba'sa darra. What is ba'sa? Poverty. That is extreme. So that a person begins to depend on others. And he suffers from hunger. Meaning he doesn't have anything to feed himself with. So he has to depend on others. Darra, trials, misfortunes, hard times. So we see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts people in difficulties and at individual level as well as collective level. He puts them in difficulties and crisis. Why? What's the reason? Because he wants to hurt people? 
No, the reason is لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَضَرَّعُونَ So that they would humble themselves. يَتَضَرَّعُونَ is from ضَادْرَعِينَ And تَضَرُّعْ is تَذَلُّلْ and istikana. It is basically to show humility. To show one's weakness, one's helplessness, you know, before someone. Why? In order to get their help. It's like if a person really wants another's help, they will say, my head is hurting so much, and my back is aching as well, and I had so much work to do, and please, I beg you, I beg you. You know, we humble ourselves before people, just so that they'll get us a glass of water. Huh? Or just so that they will excuse us for not doing something. So Allah puts people in difficulty so that they humble themselves before people? No, they humble themselves before Allah. They beseech Allah, they implore Him. They call upon Him with humility that, Ya Allah, I can do nothing. I'm so weak. I really desperately need your help. If you don't help me, I'm gone. I'm done with. يَتَضَرَّعُونَ This was the reason. But what happened? فَلَوْلَا Allah says, why not? إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ When it came to them, بَأْسُنَا Our punishment, تَضَرَّعُوا They become humble. Why is it that when our punishment did come upon them, they did not humble themselves? Because it happens with some people, that even though they're going through the most difficult times, they're going through great crisis, still they do not turn to Allah. They do not become humble. Why? وَلَكِنْ بَتْ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ Their hearts became hard. The hearts became so hard that they don't break. They don't melt. They don't turn to Allah. They don't turn to Allah at all. Why? Because وَزَيَّنَ And He has adorned لَهُمْ for them الشَّيْطَانُ The shaytan مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ That which they are doing. Meaning the sins they're doing, the wrong actions they're doing, shaitan has beautified for them. So they believe the wrong that they're doing is still very good. Generally, when a person goes through some difficulty, what happens? What's the first feeling that we normally get? We wonder, what did I do? Isn't it? Anything that happens, we always think about, what wrong did I do? I must have done something wrong. This is why it's happening with me. Which is why then eventually people say, what sin did I commit that Allah has to put me through this difficulty? Because we know that when we experience some crisis, it's because of some wrong that we have done. And when a person chooses this way, then he will eventually turn to Allah. Why? Because he will have that guilt in his heart. He will go say sorry to Allah. He will apologize to Him. He will realize the wrong that he's doing. He will change his ways. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put him in difficulty. And that person came out successfully. Because the purpose was achieved. Which was that he humbled himself before Allah. So, alhamdulillah, good for that person. But then some other people, what happens to them? They suffer from one thing and they suffer from another thing. But they do not have this guilt. Why? Because they say, I'm fine. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm perfectly fine. So I don't need to go say sorry to Allah. Why should I do istighfar? I'm fine, what I'm doing is good. I'm not doing anything wrong. So they complain, God, why are you punishing me through this? And then they say, oh, there is no God. Or He's not merciful. So what happens? The heart becomes hard. The heart becomes hard. And a person goes deeper and deeper in this. Then no matter what difficulty he goes through, he thinks he is fine. 
He doesn't need to turn to Allah because Such people, they don't humble, they don't turn to Allah. Their hearts have become hard. And when a person's heart has become hard, that's the worst, worst thing that a person could ever experience. Because a hard heart means that it doesn't have any compassion, no mercy, no fear, no hope of Allah. It's not going to turn to Allah, it's not going to change, it's not going to improve. So where is such a hard heart destined to then? Where is it headed to? The worst of all places, hellfire. So it's the worst thing that can happen to a person when he doesn't cry before Allah. When he doesn't turn to Allah at times of difficulty. And that's because وَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ So then what happens? فَلَمَّا then when نَسُوا They forgot from Nisyan. They forgot مَا that which ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ They were reminded of. What is it that they were reminded of? Their sins. How were they reminded? Through the crisis they were experiencing. Through the difficulties that they were going through. Because generally, the wrong things we're doing, we do them and we forget them. But as soon as we get hurt, then we start thinking, maybe I'm being punished because of how I treated that person. Maybe I'm being punished this way because I cheated them. Right? I was dishonest over here. I didn't give my parents their rights. Right? So, crises remind you of what? Of your sins. Alright? But, a person who doesn't take a lesson from the situations that he's going through, what happens? Nasu. They forget. So, فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ And their hearts have become hard. They move on. They don't turn to Allah. فَتَحْنَا We opened عَلَيْهِمْ upon them أَبْوَاب Doors Plural of bab Doors of what? كُلِّ شَيْءٍ Of everything The doors of everything are open to them And when a door is open What does it mean? What was closed inside Can now come out So this in other words means That blessings Become plentiful for them Every kind of joy and happiness and success they start, you know, experiencing in their life. They went through crisis. They didn't take a lesson from it. They forgot everything. And what happened then? Allah subhanahu wa taala filled their lives with blessings, with abundance. So they're having fun here. They're having fun there. They're making good money. Everybody's happy with them. They're happy with everybody. Life is good. They're having the best time of their life. فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى until إِذَا وَنْ فَرِحُوا They became very happy. فَرِحُوا from فَرْحْ فَرَحَ Which is to become happy in your heart. And there are two kinds of فَرْحْ. One is to be happy as in grateful to Allah. You know, you eat something nice, you're so happy, you're like, thank you Allah, that was amazing. And the other is فَرْحْ as in, I'm the best. Right? I'm the best. Yeah, I had that great food. You know, I've eaten there. So showing off, being boastful. So farihu, until they became very happy. Bima utu, with that which they had been given. So the doors of everything opened to them, so many blessings, they're enjoying one thing after the other, and they're so happy with all that they have been given. But they don't remember Allah, obviously. They don't thank Him at all. Then what happens? Akhadnahum, we seize them. Baghdatan suddenly. Meaning then suddenly, without any warning, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punishes them. Fa'ida 
So then, whom they mublisun, they are ones in despair. Meaning then they become depressed, they give up hope, they despair. What's mentioned over here? What is explained in this ayah? That how, when a person is doing something wrong, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His mercy, sends people to Him, okay, to show Him what He's doing is wrong, so that He can turn to Allah. Like was mentioned previously, we sent messengers before to the nations. Then what happens? When a person refuses to accept, then Allah puts him in difficulty. Why? In order to shake that person. That what are you doing? Wake up. Turn to Allah. Realize the wrong that you're doing. Say sorry to Allah. But then what happens? Some people, they don't learn from it. And then things become good for them. Life becomes normal. Whatever bad they experienced before, it's over. Yeah, I was really sick. Yeah, I had a terrible accident, but everything's fine now. I'm over it. I've moved on. And then blessings are made profuse for them. They're enjoying their life. They become so happy. They think everything's good. And then all of a sudden they are caught. Meaning they are punished. And then after that, they become despaired of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. When a person is in difficulty, if he has iman, will he become depressed? No, he will turn to Allah, asking him for help. Who gives up hope of Allah? The one who? The one who doesn't have iman. So فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْلِسُونَ Why do they become despaired? Because they don't have faith in Allah. They're shocked, they're dumbfounded. مُبْلِسُونَ is from أَبْلَسَ بَالَامْ سِينَ which is to become speechless in grief and despair. That a person is so shocked, so sad, that he doesn't even know what to say. He becomes hopeless of all good. So they become depressed, they went into depression because they never thought that these blessings would be taken away from us. And then all of a sudden everything flipped, everything changed. So this is why they're so shocked. Instead of turning to Allah, they just become sad and depressed. So, what are the lessons over here? The lessons are that if anyone tells us about the wrong that we're doing, let's listen and accept and improve ourselves. The lesson is that if we ever experience some difficulty in our lives, whether it's some pain in our body or some difficulty we're having with some people, take that as a sign. A sign of what? That Allah is showing you something. You need to turn to Allah. You need to humble yourself before Allah. You need to do istighfar. This is the reason why we see that the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever makes istighfar mandatory on himself, meaning he constantly seeks forgiveness, then Allah will open the door to everything for him. Meaning Allah will make a way out for him from every difficulty, from every problem. He will provide him from where he cannot even imagine. Why? Because istighfar opens a door that are shut because of our sins. So seek forgiveness when you're going through difficulty. Difficulty is a reason for you to turn to Allah. It's a reason for you to remember Him, to humble yourself before Him. Again, another lesson is that when everything is good, everything is fine, don't assume that Allah is very happy with you. When school is good, money is good, you know, your health is good, you haven't been sick in so long, then don't think, don't assume that Allah is happy with you. This could be 
what is called istidraj. What is istidraj? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala lets a person commit sin. When Allah lets a person be busy in this dunya so that he forgets Allah completely. He allows him to sin how much ever he wants. This is istidraj. This might be istidraj, the blessings that we're enjoying. This is why the companions, when they receive blessings of this dunya, they wouldn't be happy like we are. They would cry. They wouldn't want it. Because they would think that what if this is a punishment from Allah? That Allah is letting us enjoy over here and in the hereafter we will be deprived. This is why Hassan al-Basri, he said, whoever Allah gives provision and he thinks that Allah is not testing him, then this person has no wisdom, meaning he's a fool. And whoever has little provision and thinks that Allah will not provide for him, then even that person, he has no wisdom, meaning he's a fool. So whether we are experiencing difficulty or ease, remember, both of such situations are what? They are a test. Once the Prophet ﷺ met a man, and he asked him, have you ever experienced such and such illness? And he said, what is that? So the Prophet ﷺ explained to him what kind of illness it was. Basically fever. And he said, I don't even know what that is, I've never experienced it. Then the Prophet ﷺ asked him, have you ever experienced such and such illness? Headache. And he said, what is that? So the Prophet ﷺ explained to him what a headache was. And he said, oh, I have no idea, never experienced it. If you found out a person who's never experienced fever or headache, what would you say? How lucky. Wow, Allah must be so happy with them. The Prophet ﷺ said, if anyone wishes to see a person from the hellfire, look at him. If you wish to see a person from the hellfire, look at him. Someone who's experienced no difficulty in their life. Not even a headache, not even a fever. Because abundance of blessings doesn't mean Allah is happy with you. It could mean Allah is upset with you. And He doesn't care about you. So He's letting you have whatever you want. You know like a child who's throwing tantrums, eventually what happens? Parents don't care at all about them. They're like, yeah, go ahead, take it, do whatever. Just get out of my face, go away from here. So never assume that blessings means Allah is happy with me. And if we are doing wrong, despite the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with so much, then really, there's a serious problem. So look at your life, reflect on your life, look at the things that you enjoy, whether it's the amazing clothes that you wear, and the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, the money that He's given you, the good family members He's given you. Check yourself, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you misbehaving with your parents? Are you being ungrateful for the blessings that He's given? If despite the presence of blessings, we are bad in our actions, this is a big, big problem. So something has to change within us. Otherwise, أَخَذْنَاهُمْ The punishment of Allah comes suddenly and everything flips. فَقُطِعَ So it was cut off. دَابِر The root. دَالْبَارَ Dubur is the end of something. دَابِر The extreme part of something. So دَابِر The root of who? القوم The people. Which people? الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا those who wronged. Meaning the last of them even was finished. The last of them was exterminated. They were completely annihilated. وَالْحَمْدُ Rabbil Alameen. And all praise to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Generally we praise Allah when Allah has blessed people with something. Over here Allah is being praised when people are being punished, annihilated completely. Why? Because praise to Allah who finished the wrongdoers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is praiseworthy over this as well because 
He is praiseworthy for giving blessings and also taking away that which is harmful. And such people who are enjoying their life despite their sins, they're what? Like a cancer for the rest of mankind. Because this disease, it spreads very quickly. Because people look at such people and they say, oh wow, you know, they have been blessed with so much, but they do this, so we can also do it. So when Allah finishes such people, all praise to Him. Because the complete justice of Allah demands that such people be punished for their wrong. So what do we learn here? What's the lesson that you've taken for yourself? Check your blessings and check your actions. And see what Allah has given you, do you actually deserve it? Given the kind of actions that we're doing? And if the two don't match our actions and the blessings, then there's a serious problem. So turn to Allah, seek forgiveness from Him. Don't say, oh Allah, take these blessings away from me. No. Ask Allah's help for improvement. We'll listen to the recitation. قُلْ أَرَأَيْتَكُمْ إِنْ أَتَاكُمْ عَذَابُ اللَّهِ أَوْ أَتَتْكُمُ السَّاعَةُ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ تَدْعُونَ أَغَيْرَ اللَّهِ تَدْعُونَ إِنْ كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ بَلْ إِيَّاهُ تَدْعُونَ فَيَكْشِفُ مَا تَدْعُونَ إِلَيْهِ إِنْ شَاءَ وَتَنْسَوْنَ مَا تُشْرِكُونَ وَلَقَدْ أَرْسَلْنَا إِلَىٰ أُمَمٍ مِّنْ قَبْلِكَ فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ فَأَخَذْنَاهُمْ بِالْبَأْسَاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَضَرَّعُونَ فَلَوْلَا إِذْ جَاءَهُمْ بَأْسُنَا تَضَرَّعُوا وَلَكِنْ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَلَكِنْ قَسَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَزَيَّنَ لَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانُ مَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ فَلَمَّا نَسُوا مَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهِ فَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ أَبْوَابَ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا حَتَّى إِذَا فَرِحُوا بِمَا أُوتُوا أَخَذْنَاهُمْ بَغْتَةً فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْلِسُونَ فَقُطِعَ دَابِرُ الْقَوْمِ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ